Welcome everyone, you are listening to Crunch, a podcast by award-winning New Zealand PR agency, HMC. Crunch stands for Crucial Conversations Over Lunch. These are bite-sized discussions for business leaders that you can easily digest over your lunch hour. Could be your morning routine, wherever you happen to be listening to your favorite podcast. Crunch tackles a variety of topics to help business leaders build their knowledge in strategic communication and public relations. I'm your host, Mark Hunter, and it's my privilege to welcome you into Crunch. It's my pleasure to introduce you to a slightly uncomfortable topic today. I say uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable for New Zealanders, and the topic is personal branding. Most people know what branding is, and one of the best definitions I've ever heard of branding is when you hear the name of a company or you see it, it's the sum total of your thoughts and feelings. So I say the warehouse, almost certainly everyone's seeing red. You probably know the the strap line where everyone gets a bargain, the big red shed, you may think uh, things of convenience, cheap or economical, or you may think it's just soulless concrete. Whatever it is that you're thinking, that's the brand as it represents in your mind. So we understand company brands very well. We understand less what it means to have a personal brand, a brand for a single person. But that's what we're going to talk about today. And I've got a couple of guests who know all about this. My first is the Managing Director of Lodge Real Estate in Hamilton. It's Jeremy O'Rourke. Jeremy, welcome. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. And also, I've got the Director of New Zealand's award-winning PR agency, HMC, Heather Clayton. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. All right. Why don't we start from the very top with a, your own understanding of what it means when we're talking about a personal brand. What is it? Mark, I think, uh, you know, coming from a real estate background, not only is it name recognition of an individual, but it's also the reputation that comes with that name recognition. And we're in a highly competitive business. Our salespeople are independent contractors. They're responsible for going out and getting their own business. We're also a high trust business. So our salespeople need to build their own brand. So not only are they recognized, but they actually create a reputation for themselves. And that's really what it means in our industry. Mm. One word you said you used trust. I think that's number one for for us as we're working with our clients is that it building that trust because you can have a brand that's really well recognized, but how much do you trust them? And I think that's you know what we're always working to achieve. One of the other keys to that, Heather, is if you build that profile and you build that trust and you build that reputation, leaders create more opportunities. And so therefore you have more people who actually want to talk to you, who want your opinion about what's going on in the market. And that doesn't really matter what market it actually is. And they want to involve you in their decision and transaction because they can actually trust you based on that reputation. All right. We're now talking about how do we then go about constructing or creating a personal brand? And so, yeah, I might know only a handful of um, real estate agents in Hamilton. Either uh, I recognize them by name, uh, but very few. And then I have some mental associations with them. It seems to me that they've done a good job of intentionally creating their own personal brand. But how does that happen? It's a very cutthroat world in real estate. Yeah, you mentioned it then where you talked about it, you know, how do you go about creating it and crafting it? And I think our salespeople, many of them do it differently because it's it's no different than a product or a brand. And you mentioned the warehouse at the start. It has a marketing mix. You know, they place certain emphasis in certain areas. And so we have somebody like Glenn Collins who runs Six Star Business Service. That's all of the stuff that he does around the listing. So he's highly visible on, on the internet and he has big signs on the property and he puts a lot into it and you go to one of his open homes and it's outstanding. 
So that's one of the areas that he actually creates that. And the second area that is, he has a huge personal network. And so that huge personal network, he really nurtures it. He works it really, really hard. And that's how he's been able to build his brand. But a few other things that mixed in there, but that would be 70 to 80% of how he's created it. Mike Thomas, and equally another award-winning salesperson, been in the business over 30 years, he's crafted his business by having a high promotional visibility. So you'll see him on billboards, you'll see him on the back of buses, you'll see him on, on cars, and he's done that for pretty much all his career. He also runs a lot of auctions, um, creates a lot of people over his doorstep, and that's been able to build his business. So those two areas, so two very successful salespeople, done it in quite different ways. But it sounds to me like they've both been very intentional. Very intentional. Okay. And and purposeful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing I know about brands, whether it's, uh, you know, in businesses, the good brands, they have a clear idea of the sorts of things they want someone to think about them, how they want someone to feel about them when their name is mentioned, right? So it's very clear in what they're aiming to do. Now, Heather, you come from a PR background, right? So I'll be interested to see what your perspective is on personal branding from that PR perspective. Mm. Following on from what you're just saying, I think it's you need to start with a plan. If you're just starting out in your career and you I, I want to be a leader in what I'm doing, you do need to figure out, well, what do I want to be known for? Then you need to be starting to hang out with people that are in that space. You need to be, you know, doing some blogging on those topics. You need to be on your LinkedIn talking about those different things. So yeah, it all starts with a plan and intentionality. It's interesting because there are a lot of different things out there that you can actually be doing. And what you've got to consider as an individual when you're building a personal brand is you, you're unlikely to be sort of an eight or nine out of 10 at all of them. So be very intentional about the stuff that you can do very comfortably and that you actually can repeat and, and do again. Uh, Sean Cosgrove, who again, you know, well known to many people, had a huge profile as a residential salesperson in the city. When he started out, he concentrated really hard on being famous in Glenview. He just owned the Glenview market before that actually spread out. So it was a very concentrated, very focused approach to it, almost like throwing down a handful of grass seed. If you throw it you know, at your feet, then it grows nicely. If you throw it across the lawn, it's mm. ones and twos and dies out. So choose those things, choose them wisely and put a mix together intentionally about how you are going to go about building that brand. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We can all think of examples of Maybe, you know, we see people posting on LinkedIn or, you know, just doesn't sit right and kind of grates, you know, and you think they're just trying to be too big too quick or they're in a space where they shouldn't be. You know, you got to be authentic. And I think just start small, own that space for a while, and then you can kind of grow out from there, I think. Yeah. All right. Because people are listening in. Um, some of them have personal brands and they're aware of it. Many will not. And we're, we're talking specifically the people who they haven't even considered turning themselves into a personal brand. So... We're saying, or at least I hear you saying, you have to be authentic. Whatever it is that you can own that is real about you, that's that's a starting point. Loving I would actually argue with what you're saying. I, I thought I was I thought I was summarizing what you said. Clearly, a bad job of that. No, no, because no. I think you, everyone has a personal brand. Well, that's you know, true. Even they if do. you're that's there's true. a really introverted person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your kids know who you are. Your family knows who you are. You have a personal brand. Mm. So this is about, I guess, curating maybe something bigger and different. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. You know, you're <laughs> okay. right. I mean, you, you, I mean, even invisibility is a brand of some sorts, right? How you, you're, I mean, Jeremy, you and I have never met, so this is the first time. And so I'm only just starting to now build any kind of, it feels weird to call it a brand, but before this, my brand doesn't exist in your mind. 
Uh, yours does. I've seen your name on paper and I'm aware that you own a company. And so I kind of build, rightly or wrongly, a sense of associations. But okay, so someone has a personal brand, they do, it's an unavoidable, but they're looking to construct it in a way that actually helps them in their business. Yep. And that's what we're talking about. So, and I love that idea that Sean has been strategic and, you know, like you say, um, grass seeds, just to stick them in one place and watch that grow and expand out. Maybe there's a, a nice structured way to think about this. I know, Heather, you've got a, a five-point plan for building a personal brand. Why don't we start with that and see if we can form some building blocks out of that? Yeah. Yeah, so this is something I came up with, with um, a few years ago, and I've talked a bit on it, and it seems to resonate with a lot of people. So I'll just go through the five points real quickly, and maybe we can touch on some of them that, that kind of resonate. But my first point is, and and I guess I should say, too, they're not like do this one and do the next. It's kind of you all kind of do them all at the same time, basically. But um, for me, I guess one thing about leaders is leaders hang with leaders. And what I mean by that is like, where are the people that are in your industry hanging out? You know, what networking events should you, should you be at? What conferences should you be going to? That sort of thing. So leaders hang with leaders. I think also leaders provide what I call considered opinion. So we do a lot of thought leadership with our clients. So, you know, what topic are you an expert on? I want to hear your opinion on that. So think about how you can do that. Also, I think if you are truly a leader... You lead in many circles. You know, you're just not a leader at work. You're a leader in your community. You're a leader, you know, helping out with your kids, you know, and coaching or something. You know, so you're you're a leader in many different areas of your life. Also, an essential thing for a leader is you have to be visible. And in the old days, you know, this meant going to those networking events and that sort of thing. But now it means you got to be visible online. is a huge part of that. Building a personal brand. The fifth point of that little five point plan I've come up with is also you know, cultivating deep relationships. And I think that's that's probably the most important thing, actually, ability of being a leader is having some really deep, authentic relationships. Because again, going back to why are we doing this? We want people to trust us. And you can't trust somebody if you don't have a relationship with them, whether you're a, a company or a person. And I think that's really important. Jeremy, you've seen the, the five-point plan. What's your perspective on that? And does anything jump out at you that you think that's crucial? Yeah, I, there's examples that I can find in all five of them. For instance, you know, leaders hang with leaders. We run open plan offices so that our new people, our rising stars can actually observe the behavior of our stars and the business and the people who have been there a long time. They can hear the language. They can actually develop themselves around it. So I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think you do need to be providing considered opinion. You've got to, you've got to earn the right to play the shot. By that, I mean you have to have the credibility to be able to have those opinions. I know Blair Poynton, one of our agents who started with us when he was 22, so you would expect that he has a high social media presence. He stayed off social media for a year. And I said, well, why, why did you do that? Why was that? And he goes, well, I had to earn my successes so that when I went on social media and I was talking about myself, I was credible. Great advertising kills a poor product. Mm -hmm. So that if you don't have that success, it's not sitting in behind you. You don't want to get on stage and, and act like an expert. It speaks to trust. Uh, if you say, hey, listen, I'm an expert in the Rotaturner area and someone goes and shops you and they push, you know, show me my listings and there's nothing there in that in that area, mm. you're already going to have undermined that. So I think that that area there is something that once you've actually established it, you've earned it, it's a great vehicle to um, expand on, but you do need to actually earn it first. Yeah. And I think now, nowadays too, you know, let's say you're a business manager and you decide you want to be in the media more. We get clients, you know, saying coming to us and they that's what they want to do. They want to be seen in the media more. Okay. But if you start talking about a subject and people are going to start to research, you know, and they're going to see what are they actually doing in that space? What is that company doing? What is that person doing? And if there's no depth 
to it, it's just going to be a flash in the pan, really. It's not going to last. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's a little bit catch-22, although I love that young man's approach, right, staying off until Mm. he builds some credibility. If you do want to put something out there and gain visibility, but you just don't have a history yet, How do you start in a way that's credible, that's not going to, as you pointed out, Jeremy, kind of almost blow your cover, that you've, it's just a lack of depth? Where do you start? I think you start by going out there and doing some of these other things. You know, network with leaders, you know, do your research, and that might mean that you then start writing blogs online or you start creating things online. You've got to develop yourself as an expert. And that takes time, it takes preparation, it takes thoughtfulness. So I think all of these areas about being visible and cultivating deep relationships, like we call that nurture marketing. You've created some clients, what have you actually done afterwards? How have you created the reputation amongst that small group that you've actually been working with? And then how does that actually spread? So I think those are the building blocks to actually getting yourself to a position where people go, I want to hear what this person has to say Mm. because I think that they've got credible reputation. They've got something that's worth listening to. Mm. And I think like, yeah, as you're talking there, I'm also thinking about, and this is a whole nother podcast, but you know, you have to kind of go back to like, what are the essentials of being a good leader? I mean, you know, if we're talking about, do you want to be a leader? Well, you know, what are the essentials about being a good leader? And I think as you're doing all these things, Sure, there's going to be a selfish motive out of it, but at the end of the day, you want to be giving things away that are beneficial to your community, you know? So if you're a real estate agent, you want to be giving people tips on how to buy and sell houses. You want to be giving them tips on the suburb that you're an expert in. That's how you're going to be cultivating that trust and and why people will want to hear from you more because you're giving them something. Part of that here, there also, Mm. you know, rests in this lead in many circles. Mm. And when we say lead in many circles... You know, that's about giving back to a community and being mm. generous within that community. I think when you're doing that, then that community starts to actually trust you and starts to actually want to actually do business with you. Yeah. And that comes back again to that be as concentrated as you can in the small areas. So I remember there's a, uh, a fantastic um, thought leader in the world of marketing and advertising, uh, Wizard of Ads is the company. They talk about when it comes to radio, for instance, don't don't spread your adverts over over the entire day, own a slot, right? Own own the morning slot. If you can't afford the morning slot, just own a single hour on one station. If you can't afford two, just do one. And then once you get enough concentration and reputation, you can build and expand out, but always don't go too thin. So I love the idea. I mean, you could become an expert in a very, very small part of talking about real estate, like Sean did. And I can see why that just expands out. And now I, who have no background, in real estate at all. And I've been hearing Sean's name for years. And so he would be, along with Mike Thomas, he would be one of the few people, given that I'm not in this industry, whose names I could probably quote you because they started off doing something and expanded the whole thing out. Mm. Fascinating. All right. Thought leadership. I'd like to have your opinions on that. It's kind of a catchy term. We use it a lot now. What is thought leadership and why is it important? Why don't we start with that? I'll start with you, Jeremy, because you're in this industry. You've been into it for a while, so I imagine you are. I don't have all these techie terms to actually <laughs> define. You know, no, it's you... not my. It's not my industry. That's that's Heather's industry. But I think thought leadership is important because people want to deal with experts. They they want to actually go out and get credible information. So, in terms of thought leadership, they also want innovative thinking. And you can't get innovative thinking until you have real deep thinking in your in your own industry and you can actually see the gaps that are actually missing or you can see how maybe when markets change, so does marketing. 
and there's a greater emphasis in some areas than there is in others. So you want somebody who's going to come in and who's going to be able to provide that expertise for you for what is usually most people's greatest asset. So there's a lot of fear. Hey, listen, what am I doing? Most people don't do a real estate transaction for 12, 13, 14 years. Even if they did it five years ago, what we do today is very different. The market is different. Our, our marketing techniques are different. So thought leadership is really important because if I get somebody who's actually got thought leadership in that industry and I know I'm going to get the leading edge, I'm going to get somebody who's on point with market conditions and who's going to be able to provide a marketing program that is going to be comparable to those market conditions. And that's from our industry why it's important. Okay, so people listening in, huge amount of industries listening in now. Can you build yourself into a thought leadership or is it really kind of the domain of, of a few? Every single industry has many people who are doing that thought leadership. And I think it's even more important today than it was, say, 10 years ago, because people are going online to find answers to their questions. And you want to be the person giving the answers to those questions. So if you're going to go sell your house, you know, you're going to have lots of different questions about that. You put it in Google and up pops a large person telling you how to, how to do it. That's the ultimate thing we want to do. And, this, you know, we, we do this in a lot of different industries, the agricultural industry. You know, what is your business? What are you, what are you as a leader saying about the different um, issues that are, you know, on the minds of farmers nowadays? You know, you want to lead people to you for the answer and then, you know, give them the product or the service that's going to help them at, at the end of the day. Because, you know, we're not doing this just, just for our health, right? We're doing this to, to sell a product, sell a service at the end of the day. And there's lots of different services, lots of different real estate agents people can choose. But again, it's building that trust. So at the end of the day, they choose you. So a couple of things you've mentioned. Jeremy, you mentioned before it takes time. You've just said building, mm. which is a time word, yeah. right? So let's just say I'm in a particular industry. It doesn't matter what it is really. And I'm not a thought leader, mm. not yet. Mm. But I'm listening to this podcast and I think, yeah, there's actually, that's part of building my personal brand is thought leadership. But I'm, I don't have anything interesting to say yet. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I, plenty of people who are listening in are just, they're doing a great job in their, yeah. in their industries, but they're yeah. not leading in thought. And you've mentioned before, Jeremy, about innovative thinking. So, okay, that's me. I've decided, yep, among that five-point plan, I am going to try and become the thought leader. Yeah. How? Right. How am I going to do that? Step step one, yep. yeah. call HMC in. <laughs> Thanks for that. Step two, get Jeremy in as well. Uh, well, I mean, the realistic answer to that is not everybody can do it. Come on, you know, like if you aren't a great speaker and thinker and, you know, you, you just some people just can't do it. But if you think you got the building blocks <laughs> to do it, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You got to start with a plan. And so what industry are you in? What is your area of personal expertise and the expertise around you? And then deciding, okay, if I want to be a thought leader, here's the certain subject areas I'm going to be a thought leader in. And at the end of the day, because that's going to bring me more, attract more people to me, trust me, and trust my business or my service that I'm trying to sell at the end of the day. I think mm. you can also take a, a step back and what are the questions I'm most commonly being asked? Mm. Because we we often don't sit down and think, okay, you know, what did that actually look like? What did that sound like? How does, um, why am I always being asked these questions? And so there's a whole lot of things around you that you get asked every single yeah. day. 
and you should have a really considered answer for, mm. and you probably do. And if you're being asked them every day, there's probably a wider audience than just the simple people that you're actually bumping into. So mm. creating something around that, I think, is a, is a really good way to start if you can articulate it nice and clearly. Yeah. And there's an easy way that we can all do that as well. And that just go on to Google, you know, whatever your subject area is, start to ask Google questions. You can see what people are asking, you know, the top questions people are asking about that subject. And so let's say you are into this, you're starting to build your personal brand. Just by Googling some questions, you can find different things to blog about or put on your LinkedIn or develop a, you know, a speech for the next uh, event that you're at or that sort of thing. So we have all these, this yeah, technology at our fingertips that can really help to hone in exactly where, where you should be. Is there a place for getting ahead of the curve? So you're actually beginning to, in whatever market I'm in, I'm starting to ask or and answer questions that aren't even being asked by potential customers yet. But I know that it's just a matter of time before they are going to have to go in a certain direction. Is there a place, Jeremy, for trying to Oh, I'll not forecast the future, but see where things are going to sort of actually get ahead. I know exactly what you're saying, Mark, and I think there is. And if you're involved with your industry bodies, so for us that would look like the uh, REINZ or uh, Real Estate Authority or any of these sorts of bodies, they're picking up on you know, questions or on trends or on gaps in the market that are already starting to appear. And those are things that if you're actually doing your research, you can economic um, forecasts on real estate for us. If you're doing your, your research well enough if, and, and you can see those gaps, you can start preparing yourself and start the rhetoric around what that might actually look like in the, uh, in the future. I think that's one way of actually trying to get ahead of the curve. And I think like that's something that you um – Jeremy, I'm going to give you a little kudos. Um, you do really personally really well. You know, you're you're really keeping in touch with what's happening internationally. You're going to your international conferences every once in a while, that sort of thing. So, New Zealand's such a unique market, you know, because we're here on the bottom of the world, and there are some areas that we lead in, of course, um, in New Zealand, but we also have the benefit of looking at what's going on internationally. And so, I think part of this um, building this leadership profile is you need to be hungry. You know, you need to be hungry in your industry for what is happening? What are the leaders, you know, elsewhere doing? Yeah, that's how you can keep on trend or steal little bits of what others are doing and, and bring it into your own sphere. Mm, brilliant. All right, slightly different tack. You've seen those programs on TV like Neighbours from Hell and that sort of stuff. And now this one is called uh, Personal Brands That Go Bad. Because <laughs> um, you've been in your own industries for, you know, a significant amount of time and you may have even have made some brand mistakes company and personal. Mm. And you've probably seen some car crashes as well of others who have just, well, their personal branding has gone awry. Can you think of any of examples? And, and out of that, some tips for people who are listening in, mistakes that you think you can avoid those. Yeah, I don't want to really mention names, but we've seen people. We want have, names, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, that's problematic. Uh, <laughs> Um, certainly integrity is a big one. Mm. The real estate industry will squeeze you out of it if you don't have integrity. And we've seen people who have built poor reputations from within the business and it's only been a matter of time before they've uh, exited. But I think one of the important things, Mark, without going down car crashes of my own, those sorts of things, building a reputation is a little bit like a bank balance. Somewhere along the line, you're actually going to have a car crash or you're going to have something that doesn't quite go right. And if you've built a big enough 
bank balance, reputational mm. bank balance, you know, there's going to be a withdrawal from that, and that's not ideal. But if it's big enough, it'll withstand it. If you haven't gone out and done that, it could well put you into OD, and that's not a good place to come back from. So I think that's why building a reputation is really, really important, and maintaining your own integrity in the uh, in the, in the business is essential. Mm, yeah, that integrity is huge, I think, and. Um, yeah, because we're all human. You will screw up. <laughs> and leaders are going, you know, as you're building this reputation as a leader, now you're, the spotlight is on you. So I think it's also, you know, when those times come, being authentic, if you've screwed up, apologizing, owning it, trying to fix it. Yeah, because we've all seen, yeah, examples when leaders fall from grace and um, they have no remorse. And that's probably the worst. <laughs> Actually, uh, that can be a tremendous brand building. If you really apologize well, I don't know mm. um, who who counsels some of the superstars of the world that make these um, apologies, so-called Great PR apologies. <laughs> oh, look, I'm sure there are, but I think you can tell they're trying to manage the situation, whereas I think you're right. Mm. We all screw up. Everyone's human and we know what it is. Mm. We also know the sound of a genuine. Mm. Um, Drop the yeah, script yeah, and be yeah. authentic. You know, yeah. and... Who doesn't love a person that's really owning it? Yeah. And I think you can, not for PR purposes, but if you wanted to keep your brand healthy, mm. you make a mistake, whether it's at a very, very localised level, just you and a single person or you and a community, front foot that thing and own the whole thing. Don't shy away from it because people, they, I think people want to forgive and they want to go, you know what, we totally get it, it's all good. I love that idea that you said before. It's a bank balance, right? If you've got lots of credit in there, you will make mistakes. There will be a withdrawal, but you'll be fine. It's mm. a really great way to think about it. Yeah. Now, I've got a, a lunch theme question to sort of ask you both. But before we do, are there any kind of tips that you want to give just to the people out there who are thinking, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm up for building my own brand? Anything before we close off here? Yeah. I think just going back to some things that we said today is if you're wanting to really concentrate on building your brand as, as a leader – it is coming in from a place of authenticity. You know, you can't be trying too hard or it's just not going to come across well. And like I said a few times today too, you need a plan. So um, just don't think you can shotgun it. Really think thoroughly through it and just, yeah, go through it uh, step by step and be persistent. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, a leadership brand is built over decades really. So, um, you know, it's it's highly unusual to have a fly by night um, le- leader all of a sudden. So, yeah, those would be my top tips. Jeremy. Yeah, I agree with all of it. <laughs> okay. Hey, speaking Great. of brands, who said that? Um, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Rachel Hunter. Oh. No, wasn't it that hair thing? The hair co- Well, okay. We left an impression on me. All right. Okay, here's a question. Lunch theme question. You can have any meal you want for lunch. You can have it anywhere in the world you want. You can have anyone you want on the opposite side of the table. Jeremy, what's your lunch? Where is it? Who's there? Oh, a pretty simple boy. Mark, um, uh, Mr. Pickles or Gothenburg by the river, Alpino in Cambridge uh, would be my three top picks. I would have to have my wife there. Ironically, I was thinking about my husband too. I mean, there's nobody I'd rather have lunch with than him. And immediately comes to mind probably somewhere beautiful in Italy for lunch. That's what I'd do. And what would I be eating? Pasta, of course. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, folks. Well, that's all we've got time for for today's episode of Crunch. Uh, I want to thank Jeremy O'Rourke for coming in today. I've just found that uh, rewarding. Actually, great. Thanks so much, Mike. You're my boss, so of course I'm going to say good (laughs) things about you. 
Anyway, stay tuned for next time. Subscribe to Crunch and we'll be back for more PR communication chats and tips next time. Thanks for joining us for the Crunch Podcast, brought to you by New Zealand PR agency, HMC. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss our next episode. We'll see you next time.